Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to FixNation.com. Oh, holy cow. Election Central. This just in. Um, one of the things that's frustrating in this particular election year is that you have two candidates, and they are both really unfavorable. And the personality piece of it is kind of what drives that perception. Some truth, some fiction, but a whole bunch of perception about the personalities of the people. What's frustrating about that is you can't say they're the same. They're unfavorable for different reasons, and that's important. But one of the things as a voter is do I really care about the personality of my president? I don't really. I care about my president leading America in a great direction. I care about my president solving the problems for Americans. And that's where this election cycle, this 2016 election, feels real thin. Now, I think it will get fleshed out in the next, say, 60, 90 days as we get toward debate time as we start to get through August and September, I think you start to hear more details. Trump has a uh, uh, presentation tomorrow to unveil his economic plan, things like that. Okay, so where does he stand? Let's, let's hear his message. Now, it's a private meeting, okay, but we'll hear the, obviously the sound bites, the talking points, the transcripts will come out. What I think needs to happen, and thus the reason for the show today is back in 1994, one of the things that the Republicans did was present a contract for America. And it wasn't complicated, but it was kind of the Republicans' contract or promise to, to, to the voter, to the electorate. Say, listen, we get it. We hear you. This is what's important. So we, in our first hundred days, if you give us your vote, we will go fight the fight for these eight things. And some of the people who are listening right now, you know, let's just call you millennials for lack of a better name. If you're a younger voter, you know, and younger could be anything under probably 40, you might not even remember that. Because, again, that's 22 years ago. Do you really think that someone who's 40 right now remembers when they were 18, a contract for America, when they weren't that into politics at 18? Probably not. So a huge chunk of the population has no idea what a contract for America is or why it's even important. So let's start there. The contract for America back in 1994 had eight different pieces. Okay, one, require all laws that apply to the rest of the country also apply to Congress. Because back in the day, we always felt, well, you make the rules, but it doesn't apply to you. Still true today, I might add. Select a major independent auditing firm to conduct a comprehensive audit of Congress for waste, fraud, and abuse. Because big government was being wasted. Even people who wanted big government agreed the fact that we spent money poorly. We were bleeding money in the wrong way. It wasn't being efficiently used like we're asked to do in our homes and our businesses. 
Three, cut the number of House committees and cut committee staff by one-third. Again, less government but more streamlined government. Four, limit the terms of all committee chairs. They want new representation, new leadership. Five, ban the casting of proxy votes in committee, meaning show up and vote. Be the representative you are actually elected to be. Six, require committee meetings to be open to the public. Transparency would be the word that used in the last eight years, which completely was not implemented. Seven, require a three-fifths majority to vote to pass a tax increase. Raise the bar. Guarantee an honest accounting of the federal budget by implementing zero baseline budgeting, meaning let's talk truth as opposed to smoke mirrors and illusions about how the money is going to be generated and spent so we don't put a politically polite answer out there as opposed to what's real. Okay, Those are the eight things, and the American public heard that. It resonated. They were elected, and Congress, along with Clinton, Bill, signing off, okay, got those things done. Now, why do we bring it up? Because in this 2016 election cycle, you know what's frustrating? We hear a whole lot of she's horrible or he's horrible and this is why. But we don't hear what you will do differently to fix it. That's very, 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 very much being overlooked right now. We need to change that game. We need to get off that. And if you're Trump and you want to win, you need to get back to issues, and you need to completely shatter the opinion that you're both, quote-unquote, similarly untrustworthy. No, this is where I'm going. This is why I'm going to go there, and this is why I'm going to represent the American people well. This is my new contract for America, which brings me to where I'm talking right now. What he should do, in my opinion, is to frame out a contract for America for 2016. I have one written. It's got 12 points on it. Okay? And take this and shell an all the way down ticket. Every senator, every congressman goes and sells this message in their constituency. This is where we're going. We need to change the direction for America because what's happening doesn't get it done. It doesn't get it done economically. It doesn't get it done on immigration. It doesn't get it done on national security, on multiple fronts. So what we need to do is go to the basics and let's go get these done. This is our contract maker. This is the promise we make to you, the American people. This is the list of our core issues that we're going to go drive, and this is how we're going to get it done for you, the American voter. Trust us. Vote for us. We will lead you to a better place. Now, see how I just framed that, what I said? That's not BS. That completely, be passionately, articulately expressed by anybody who's willing to stand and deliver. And if you don't believe in it, I don't know why you're running for office, to be quite frank. So we're going to spend some time going through what I wrote. Now, you have a right to disagree. You have a right to say, no, 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 that's just crap. No, 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 that'll never happen. Okay, but I got a tip for you. Right now we have nothing. You have personality crap being spewed all over TV with high negativity. That's not going to fix the nation. There's no way this country's better off if you just simply keep slapping each other around. It's like pulling pigtails in kindergarten. You really think that's going to, you know, make you a better student? You really think that's going to advance the cause? 
It's pointless. Use your words. Define your issue. Define the solution. And then be passionate about how you could deliver on that promise, because that's the critical piece. Anybody can stand in front of you and say, oh, this is a nice, a nice idea. Can you get it done? Let's go back to candidates for one split second before we go into the, the contract. I want you to think about this. Hillary Clinton is completely defined as a politician. She's had 35 years to paint every single little pore on her political body the way it is. There's nothing she can do to change that fact. She loves wearing jumpsuits. She should get one with tiger stripes on it. Yep, because she can't, literally can't change her stripes. She is what she is. You can love her, you can hate her, but she is what she is. She is a high-tax, big government, government-solves-all-issues politician. She takes money from all the top 2%, although she talks the game for the bottom of her constituency, yet she doesn't deliver for them. It's always the promise of what I will do, not the actuality of what I did do. Crisis. Really is. Crisis of leadership, which is why Trump has a huge opportunity. This election will be defined by how well or not well he goes and defines issues, defines solutions, and passionately resonates his way to deliver on those issues and problems. That's it. That's what it's going to come down to because he's not defined. He is a very, very unknown political candidate. He's never done this before. He's had 13 months. And I grant you this, he's made some big mistakes, none of which, by the way, are horrific. All of them are awkward and uncomfortable, and they're momentary. She's made horrific mistakes that have cost lives and countries to topple. You can't take that back. You can't undo what's been done. Trump would benefit by putting out there, and think from a unity standpoint, just within the GOP. If he were to resonate a new contract for America and sell this downstream, they would all be talking the same language. Okay? Think about a stampede. Okay? You ever see those old westerns, you know, and you get the cattle, and they come just racing over the hill, and there's huge thousands and thousands of cattle, and they plow through this little wooden town and just destroys everything? Why? Because they're all running together. Now picture one, one cow, one single steer, crosses the ridge, running as fast as he or she can. Do you truly think that's going to destroy an entire town? No way. Can't happen. Unity is what creates that power. So if he can unify the party with a contract for America, something that's physically tangible, written, a statement of what we will do, then it becomes defining how we go about getting that done. So let's jump into it. The current contract for America in 2016. One, require all laws passed to be pay-as-you-go and have a true path to pay for it within the budget. Let me flesh this out just a little bit. 
Currently, you write a law. It's going to cost $200 billion. It gets passed. Congratulations. Big pat on the back. Look, I fought for you. Here's the downside. That $200 billion has to come from somewhere. And if we don't account for it, you know what happens? It's money we have to go raise or money that contributes to a deficit slash higher national debt. There's no accountability currently at the federal level to simply stay within your means. You cannot spend money you do not have. It's not that you can't pass laws. It's when you pass a law, you need to define in that law where will the monies come from. Two, require a vote to repeal and replace ACA, that's also known as Obamacare, in the first 100 days. 70% of the, uh, the population hates Obamacare. It's a bad program. Forget the fact it was shoved down a horrific process against the grain of everything American. It's bad for the country. A very, very, very small fraction of the population benefits by this because they had issues before. Everybody else is being penalized for a democratic, agenda-driven item that got shoved down our throats and literally kidnapped a sixth of our economy. And what happens? The burden of it alone forces part-time hiring as opposed to full-time, rewards small businesses, and stunts growth. Three, burdens with regulations. Anybody wants to create a business from knowing what they can or cannot do. All the destructive tendencies that come out of it completely de defeat any benefit gained. There's a better path. Define it and make it so in the first 100 days. Three, require all laws that apply to the rest of the country also apply to Congress, including the ACA or the replacement, and eliminate exceptions and exemptions by certain private groups. A couple things. One, I love the fact that Congress okay, gets to sign off on a bill to change health care for all of us, but the rules don't apply to them. They have a special brand of health care. Obamacare doesn't apply to them. What kind of crap is that? You dictate for us, you dictate for you. If you want it, own it. Number two, why do people get exemptions from this? Because they're politically favorite by whoever the leadership is at the time? What kind of junk is that? If we're all in, we're all in. And if you're going to repeal or replace Obamacare, same rule applies. That's just being fair. Four, require a vote on tax reform within the first 100 days. Go to fixnation.com. I've posted a tax reform package. Okay, It's the Kevin Brady, a better way plan with some tweaks to it. Okay, I'm not going to go into it in detail right now, but it's real. It's doable. It would excite the economy, and we all win by that. Tangible, it's real, and it absolutely is something that bipartisan people can get behind. Five, require a vote on immigration reform within the first 100 days. Again, go to fixnation.com. Read my immigration plan. There's the history and origin premise, and there's also the reform itself. It's real. It's doable. It's not perfect. And you can change this any way you sh and shape you choose to. But the fact we have not reformed immigration in the last 20 years makes us not only out of date, it makes us unsafe. It also makes us economically 
unviable. There are three huge aspects to immigration. Obviously, the immigration piece itself, but also the economic and national security ramifications from it. So read through that, and again, vote it on the first 100 days to be in the contract. Number six, pass a balanced budget on time in year one, and then start the process for a balanced budget amendment. Do you realize that Obama has never passed a budget on time and never passed a balanced budget? Correct. Why do you think the national debt exploded under his watch? He has no fiscal restraint. He believes that big government is the solution. He believes that higher taxes is the solution. He is, in fact, the very problem that we are against right now as Americans. All that $75,000 of debt at the national level for each and every one of us, more than half that is a gift from President Obama to you. Congratulations, he just buried your kid's future. If you want to fix it, we need to address it, and starts with a balanced budget in year one. doesn't matter where the math is in year one. It matters the math equals. Don't add to the national debt because you can't control your spending habits. Seven, require an internal audit of the Federal Reserve. Clarify the dual mandate role. Two things. Internal audit. Where is their money on their $4 trillion that they hold? And two, the dual mandate. I can go back a year, and they were considering hiking rates. You know what I didn't? There was international concern about Greece, I think it was. Something was going on internationally. Here's the problem with that. They have a dual mandate, and it's only two things. They got a little active last August. They stretched out and said it. International concerns. That's not their concern. Inflation, unemployment. Those are, in fact, their dual mandate. If it applies, great. Last August, they had a chance to raise rates, and they missed they became an activist. They changed why they made decisions. And it was a huge mistake because right now, if we were to go into a recession, we don't have enough dry powder from the Fed to withstand it. They need to get out the emergency rates and should start a year ago. But that's what bad leadership does. That's what big government does. That's what being passive does. So audit the Fed, and clarify that dual mandate and keep them within their role. Require a vote on Supreme Court nominee within the first 100 days. We have eight. We need a ninth. In that first 100 days, you need to have your hearings and present a vote on that nominee. Nine, require a review and repeal process to be established to eliminate burdensome regulations. President Obama has gone on an absolute windfall, massive accelerated rate to put more regulations in front of us than the history of history. I don't know how you're supposed to start a business when you can't understand what it is you need to do. He has single-handedly almost eliminated the creation of new businesses from America, the lowest lever level ever in recent times. Why would you do it? You can't. You're getting into a quagmire. With Dodd-Frank out there, with Obamacare out there, you are just oppressed from the get-go. And every single 
financial organization has no reason to lend to you giving the lending rates. They're better off sitting on their money and buying back stock than lending it out to the population, which means the haves have and the have-nots can't get. That's why we have poverty in America, because we don't focus on what's real and right. Require a vote on term limits for both Senate and House representatives. It's not you can't lead the country. It's not you can't hold office. But we need to eliminate the possibility that career politicians get entrenched in a certain role, and therefore we get the same crap day after day. Get in, do what you need to do, and move on. If you want to be a career politician, then you need to change job titles. There's no version where term limits are a bad thing. Oh, what if you're a good leader? Then good leaders should rise up the food chain, shouldn't they? Shouldn't congressmen or in the House of Representatives become senators? Shouldn't senators become VPs or presidents? Aren't there other aspects you could go? Go from Senate to being a governor? Go from governor to being... Why not? At the federal level, don't voices get stale? How could you be in office for 30, 40, 50 years and stay current with the exception of, well, I got elected. Go there, fight your fight for constituents, solve their problems, and move on. Civil service does not make a career politician. 11. Require a vote to repeal or replace Dodd-Frank. Include and reestablish of Glass-Steagall. Dodd-Frank was the overreaction to the financial crisis of 2008. And yes, there are pieces of Dodd-Frank which should be kept. But the overwhelming packages Dodd-Frank shoves burdensome regulations on new businesses and kills it before they even incorporate. Point being, repeal and replace. We want to learn from our past mistakes. We do not want to overreact from past issues. Number two in that, Glass-Steagall. Glass-Steagall was around since the 1930s from the Depression. The whole point of it was we are not going to let banks get into investment. There's a bank and there's an investment bank. They're hard-walled by Glass-Steagall to be separate. That way, whoever has deposits as a, as a consumer, me and you, we have a savings account, a checking account. That's a bank bank. If you want to make investments, with risk comes reward, right? And you have the ability to win, you have the ability to lose. And I mean lose it all. Let's go back to systemic risk of 2008. You know why that happened? Because they eliminated Glass-Steagall back at the end of the Clinton bill, second term. Now all of a sudden, banks who were trying to protect our money got into very risky investments as a way to make more money and profits. It was legal, but it was also insane. Glass-Steagall had a purpose. If banks were safe and investment banks were allowed to fail, we wouldn't have to bail out all of Wall Street back in 2008. That's the simplistic version. It's also completely true. Number 12 and last, require a vote to consolidate the cabinet's departments from 16 down to 8 in the first 100 days. One of the premises I think we need to get people to understand distinctions between the GOP and the Democrats is that Republicans should be always out to reduce and downside the scope and reach of government. We are way too close to the Democrats politically. 
where we all want to grow government, it's just a matter of varying degrees. That's not okay. Downsizing government means change. We need to reform a whole bunch of things that are in our country. We need true tax reform. We need true immigration reform. We need true entitlement reform. We need true criminal justice reform. I keep going. Well, one of the things we need to do is to rethink kind of how the structure of government is. Keep it really simple. We are horrified by how veteran affairs have been handled. True? Let's consolidate. Let's take defense and veteran affairs and put it together. Let's make it a seamless transition. You go from active to retired in a seamless transition. Let's let the same people who take our defense take care of veteran affairs. All that upper management we'd save, all that tax savings, downsize, but be more efficient and effective. None of it should affect us. None of it affects the outcome. All of it is just the waste and redundancy at the government level. I can keep going. But if we knock it from 16 down to 8, we would start to reduce the behemoth that we've constructed at the federal level because contrary to popular democratic opinion, big government does not solve. And if you're someone like an independent, what I just read to you is a wonderful, fresh idea. If you're someone like a millennial, you need to jump on board and get behind something like this because your future is unwritten. But make bank on this if you're a millennial. You're living with mommy and daddy because you can't get a real job. You can't get a real job because there's no reason for businesses to create real jobs. They're better off hiring part-timers. The unemployment rate, which is, the, I think, the U3, is half what the U6 is. You know what the U6 is? It incorporates people who are, have, what's the, they are underworking, meaning they don't have the job they want, the amount of work they want. I want you to think that through. You know why that number is so outrageously much higher than the, the typical employment rate? Because of the part-time jobs. You have people working two and three part-time jobs to make end meet. Why? Why would you hire full-time the way it's designed in America? Corporations leave America faster than they come into America. Offshore is where you have a better corporate tax code. You need to revise all these things to excite the domestic economy here in the U.S. and make all of us better off. And there's a saying, a rising tide raises all boats. That's not a Democrat or Republican reaction. That's an American reality. The better our economy is, everybody wins for that. So you need to, one, frame the problem, frame the issue, but you also have to frame a solution, and then you have to go articulate passionately why things like this contract with America will get it done. Why is this the right plan? Why is this the right set of priorities? Why is this going to make our lives, yours and mine, the voters, in America, better. Because i got a tip for you. If you do that, and you're someone like a Donald Trump, you know what's going to happen? You get more unity in line. You get more clarity of message. As the message gets clear, we get away from personalities. So now all of a sudden, she can't fix herself. She is still unfavorable. And all of a sudden, the needle starts to shift. And here it comes. Because once he starts catching on the message, 
And once it starts getting resonated on what he sees and what he wants to go do, that he's the leader for this contract for America in 2016, and all the people underneath him start to sell that same message, watch the traction it gets. I'd make one more suggestion. He picked Mike Pence. Great choice. Solid, stable. He should be one of the messengers for this. He can go articulate this. Also, I would go and start to frame out a small suggestion of slate of people that, if elected, when elected, Trump will put in his cabinet in lead roles. Where does he see these people going? Because you start to frame out the leadership team, you get a better idea and a better trust for where he's going to take us. Because that's one of the things that keeps people hesitant about Trump. Well, what will he actually decide? Because we know what he says, but we're not really sure if he's going to get it done or follow through on that specifically. And this, Contract for America, or a slate of candidates, would really help him frame out specifically where he wants to go. And that's what an independent, millennial voter truly wants to go here. What's the issue, and what are you going to do about it as a leader for this great country? Because we have issues and we need to change today. Thanks for tuning in. Please do check out FixNation.com website. Um, please share this, if you would, with people who are around that are independents or millennials or a voter today because they need to hear a message like this. I'm curious about your responses. Take care, and God bless.